Hello, my name is Charing Spence. I'm from Elizabeth City, North Carolina originally, but I've lived in Baltimore now for uh, almost 50 years. In what part of Baltimore? I live in Northwest Baltimore. And um, anything else about yourself that we should know? How many grandkids do you have? Oh my, don't get me talking about the grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be up here forever. <laughs> uh, I have both grandchildren and a great a grand. I have eight um, grandchildren, and I have six great grands with two on the way. Okay, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, so, in the past couple of years, we've all been through it, um, but. We want to hear a little bit about your experience with dealing with COVID and how you've handled it and how your, you know, your family and you have um, worked together to get through this hard time. Well, COVID, COVID has, um, I don't even know how to start with COVID. Thankfully, I personally have not contracted COVID, but it certainly hit many people that I know. Uh, many people that I know have died from COVID. Uh, I've had nephews and cousins and my son, his wife and all that have had COVID. Thankfully, uh, they have survived. My immediate family, thankfully, they have survived. But um, when COVID hit, of course, we, like others, had never heard of it. We knew nothing of COVID. My mother died January 29th, 2020. And um, at the time my mom died, we didn't know anything about COVID. My mom's funeral was very large. My mom was um, organized as she'd worked in the community and all for years. And so her funeral was very well attended. But what ended up happening when we all returned to Baltimore in different areas from the funeral, we found that quite a few were sick. My son came back sick. My um, granddaughter's mom and sister came back sick. And there were quite a few other family members, almost 20 altogether, that were sick. And we had no idea what was wrong with them. And I called because the only thing we all had in common was the fact that we had attended my mom's funeral. And um, to some made the funeral, uh, but didn't make the repast. Some made the viewing, but didn't, you know, make the funeral. So the only thing we had in common was that one that one thing, that one uh, gathering. And so I called my sister, who happens to be a nurse in North Carolina, and I asked her um, if there was any kind of virus, anything that was going on there. And uh, she told me no, that they had some people that, you know, that had come in with the flu, but no more than usual. And I asked her again, are you sure there's nothing, you all haven't had a you know, big influx of people at the hospital and she said no no not at all i said well something is happening mm -hmm. 
I said, something is going on because, you know, there are about 20 of us that are back here and sick. And I said, and, you know, we've been going to North Carolina for 30 years now for my mom's birthday, which would have been the following week. So we would have been going to North Carolina that weekend anyway. I said, we've been traveling backwards and forward to North Carolina all this time, and we've never had anybody to come back sick, particularly not so many people. And then just a few weeks after that, we heard about the COVID outbreak. And so I feel really confident that they came back with the first onset of COVID, even though that's not what had been diagnosed. For some, it was pneumonia. For some, it was bronchitis, you know, because they had all these breathing problems and, you know, different things that were going on. Mm -hmm. So that I consider to be my first real contact with COVID, you know. And um, all, and thankfully they all all uh, recovered. Then later, when they started talking about, you know, them trying whether to wear masks, not to wear masks, that was a big issue, because that was something that most of us were just not familiar with. So it was like, okay, well, if it takes wearing a mask, we'll wear a mask. (laughs) But then when they came up with the idea of the vaccinations, I've got to confess, I was very reluctant. I I was very reluctant because, one, I felt like it was done too quickly. They were coming up with this vaccination all too quickly. But then we kept hearing more and more about people dying. We kept hearing more and more about several people in the family dying. We were hearing, I, I as a minister, you know, you hear from the funeral directors that, you know, they're handling so many bodies and then they were making all the changes in regards to, you know, burials and and funeral services and all of that. So we actually reached out to the community. I'm also a part of a Baltimore Action Catalyst team. So we had a town hall to discuss the issue of COVID in the black community. Because as with everything else, it seemed to have been affecting more blacks than anyone else. So we wanted to get some answers. We had uh, we had Dr. De, uh, I hope I get her name correct. I always stumble over it. Dr. DeRaza, De the health commissioner. She was one of our panelists. And we had the um, president of Baltimore City Council. He was... On. And we had other people that were on discussing the issue of COVID. So after having that town hall, I felt more confident about getting the COVID vaccination. And then we started encouraging other people to get it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, but I have family members. I'm just like everybody else. I have family members who refuse to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. They refuse, and some of them have had COVID already, Mm -hmm. but because they survived, I think they're sort of taking it for granted that, well, you know, maybe I won't get it again, or if I get it, well, I survived the last time, so I'll survive the next time Mm -hmm. as well, and really, when it comes down to it, it's a personal choice, yes, but it's a personal choice that can affect so many other people's lives. It won't just affect 
that one individual, it can wipe out a whole family. You know, it can really, really wipe out a whole family. We as a people, and I'm talking about in terms of black individuals now, we are gatherers. You know, we're family gatherers, whether it's for, you know, Sunday dinner, or whether it's for a birthday party or a funeral or whatever. And so many times, because we do gather in such large numbers, you know, even as we did for my mom's funeral, I mean, there were about 300 people there. Hmm. We were packed, you know, there at the church, which is a large church, but we were still packed. So there's a possibility it was more, even more than 300. But to think of the people that could have been gravely impacted and could have died mm-hmm. is just overwhelming. Yeah. So... Um, when you talk about, it sounds like you had kind of a town hall with some people who, um, people trust in the public eye, you know, public figures, um, and that helped shift your perspective on vaccination, but you said you also were talking to community members and, um, people in the neighborhood, uh, encouraging vaccination. What did that look like or how did you, what were those conversations like? Well, the biggest thing was the town hall because okay. it was a citywide town hall. And we had people coming from all different backgrounds to provide information about the effects of COVID. Mm-hmm. I think we were one of the only organizations that along with, you know, the doctors, along with those coming from the medical field, we were probably the only organization that also had somebody to come from funeral services. Wow. Because they were able to give it from a perspective that nobody else was able, because they were the end result. What did they say? You know, they were able to talk <laughs> about the impact on families. Okay. You know, they were able to talk about the increase in numbers, mm-hmm. you know, that they were having. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to let people understand this is real. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not something fake. This is not... Because, you know, we were hearing all the talk about, you know, fake news and mm-hmm. it's not as bad as it looks. And so they were able to come from that perspective, which was really, really good. And they were able to encourage people to, you know, take this seriously. Was that your idea? To yes. Invest- <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yes, because, I mean, it's, it's many times as ministers... And funeral providers or funeral service providers, we get to see stuff that other people don't see. Mm -hmm. You know, other people might hear about the shootings in the street. We have to stand there and preach or minister to that family. Mm. You know, we get to see that body. We get to see the brokenness. We get to see the heartache. Mm -hmm. We get to see the heartbreak close and up front. Mm-hmm. And then many times we get to see the long-term impact afterwards because those same families, they don't stop grieving once the funeral is over with. Mm-hmm. They don't stop grieving or start needing prayer, you know, after uh, that person is put in the ground because mm-hmm. then they have to cope with the trauma of it. Mm-hmm. And if it was a husband or a, a, a main provider, you know, a, 
<laughs> you know, you, you have all kinds of fallout from it. You know, you have some people that turn to drugs. You have some people that turn to alcohol. You have some people that have mental health issues. So with COVID, it's so far-reaching. You know, my granddaughter, her husband, they're both uh, clinicians, you know, so they do counseling, you know, for people that, that uh, my granddaughter is actually a trauma specialist. So, you know, we see the impact that all of this has. And even with this, the kids that are in school, you know, the trauma that they encounter. You got ministers and stuff that are dealing with the families. <laughs> the fallout, everybody's under the pressure from it. And you still feel that? It's still oh, of very course. Much. Yes. Yes. What do you think needs to happen now? in terms of healing or continuing to get people vaccinated? I don't know. Yeah, people still have to be educated. Mm -hmm. Um, They have to, there's a trust issue, particularly, again, in the black community. All right. We've had some horrific things that have happened Mm -hmm. to families from a medical standpoint, from women getting hysterectomies to men being subjected to the syphilis, you know, um, only word comes to my mind is debacle, but <laughs> that may not be an appropriate word, but all that happened, you know, in that, and them not know it, them not be told what was happening, what was going on to them, them not being properly treated. So blacks, you know, have a real fear, a real concern when it comes to vaccinations mm-hmm. or it comes to medicines, mm-hmm. particularly when it's put out so quickly, particularly when on one side you've got people saying it's fake news and you can take this, that, and the other, which you know is a lie, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, but then it does make you wonder because mm-hmm. I know even with my family members that I've talked to, they're like, well, how do you know? that they're telling the truth because, you know, there's so much stuff out there. and I'm not putting anything in my veins that, mm-hmm. you know, may or may not be real. We don't know what they're giving us, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. But yet at the same time, you see people that are dying every day. You see two, three, four, five people in one family that's dying. Or you see two or three of them dying and then you see the rest of them in the hospital. That's that's real stuff that hits you in the face. So you think continuing to share the realities is important? Share the information. Share the reality. Put somebody out there in front of them that they trust. Yeah. You know, that, that they trust, whether it's a pastor or a minister. And unfortunately, nowadays you have people that have mistrust, even of ministers and pastors. Yeah. But it's got to be somebody they trust. If it's somebody on the corner, but they have some confidence in them, let them know, look, this is the real deal. This is what's happening. This is what's, what's going on. Particularly when you start throwing in um, the variances, you know, Omicron, Delta, you start doing in all of that on top of it is already mistrust and misinformation. 
Mm-hmm. And then when you throw in all this stuff in too, and, and I'm using the term stuff, I'm using it loosely, you know, that's a word I use all the time. <laughs> but when you're throwing in all this other information and you tell them now we have this, now we have this other, you know, condition over here, mm-hmm. then, you know, it's hard for them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the best thing you can do I did sign Park Lane up to distribute tests. We were only able to get 60, but we distributed those tests out to people. So, because sometimes even if they don't get the vaccination, they still need to test. Have you hosted um, through Park Lane a vaccination van or something through the city that will come? No, we we haven't hosted that. We don't have the manpower mm-hmm. to be able to do some of the things, you know, we, we can't always work on a grand, a grand scale. So yeah. we try to serve the people that we, we can serve. Uh, we've given out over 4,000 masks, wow. you know, Park Lane Neighborhood Association mm-hmm. has given out over 4,000 masks. Well, actually more than those. Initially, we were able to get 5,000 masks. Those were the cloth ones, you know, from the government with the silver, mm. you know, uh, and the, we gave out uh, 4,000 of those, but mm-hmm. then through various events and working in partnership with uh, Catherine's family mm-hmm. and youth services, um, we've given out several more thousands of masks. Um, I guess I'm curious, how do you think that you've changed since the pandemic? Hmm. I think I've become more grateful. We've learned how short life really is. Not that we didn't know it before, but we've seen people that one week or a day, and then we've got news two days later, they're gone because of COVID. Um, We tend to put off things, celebrations, you know, birthday or otherwise, we tend to put them off and take them for granted, you know. Oh, I'll do that next week. Oh, you know, I'm going to wait another year to do this or to go here. But we've learned time. Mm-hmm. Time is only what we have right now. It is very fleeting. Mm-hmm. And it is gone like a puff of smoke. Mm-hmm. And so we really need to enjoy life, do what we can do for people right now. I mean, I'm a senior citizen. My youngest son just turned 51. I don't have the strength or the energy, the stamina, the memory (laughs) that I used to have, but I'm still trying to do what I can do. You know, it may not be a whole lot, but I'm trying to do what I can do. I'm trying to serve the people that I can serve. And I think that's been the biggest biggest change with COVID. You love people, you can love them, hug them, tell them you love them, you know, and um, Hmm. I would like to say I'm hopeful for the future, but I'm really not. I know that might sound strange, particularly being a minister or pastor. I'm hopeful for the future. I'm hopeful for the future with God. 
I'm not so hopeful for the future without God. Our nation has changed. People have changed. I feel it is totally ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Some of the things that we're seeing and hearing about COVID, about vaccinations, about masks. It's a mask. The vaccinations, you know, yeah, you might be taking a shot. But, you know, and for those that truly have concern, I don't have a problem with them. You know, if you have a real concern about something, you have that concern. If you have a fear about something, you have that fear. So those are not the people I'm talking about. I'm talking about all of the hype. I'm talking about all the people that know better. You know they know better. You know that they themselves have been vaccinated. And that they themselves are wearing masks. You know, their jobs are calling on them to be vaccinated. And they have been vaccinated. But they're pushing the rest of the world to, oh, no, don't do that. Oh, you know, that's crazy. Mm. You're talking about people's lives. You're talking about people's lives. You talk, you know, even this weekend, I tested myself before I left. Because... One, I wanted to make sure I was okay because I don't want to impact someone else. I don't want anybody to get sick because of me. I definitely don't want anybody to die because of me. But we've become so callous, so despicable. If I, I That's the only term that comes to my mind. I think it is a despicable act. When you do some of the things that I'm seeing and hearing now, and um, it's sad. It's a, I think it's a sad time. So when you talk about hope, um, I'm afraid for our nation. I'm afraid for where I see our nation heading on so different, so many different levels. Mm-hmm. I've been around a long time. I've seen a lot of things, but I'm seeing and hearing things now that I've never seen or heard before. Mm. And that makes me fearful for the future. So what advice would you give a young person, like one of your grandkids or great-grandkids, about how to... Process it all? Yeah, Yeah, process. Navigate. Navigate, that's the word. Navigate. To navigate. If you were like. Who was it that said to thine own self be true? Mm-hmm. I think during this season of our lives, this season of our nation, this time with COVID, uh, one thing I was sharing with family members, and not to drag this on, but I, I was telling them, I remember the measles. I remember when people were getting sick with the mumps. You know, I remember before they were coming out with all of these vaccinations, my family uh, members suffered with tuberculosis. I personally uh, had come in contact with somebody because I used to be a nurse's aide a lifetime ago. (laughs) And I'd come in contact with somebody that had TB. So, you know, with the tests that they used to give for TB, and I went for about two years that I had to be tested, that I had to take medicine. I remember that time. 
You know, I remember what that was like. You know, so I said, they've come out with vaccinations. They've come out with medicines. This is not as bad as it used to be. You know, and I feel like people now are not being true to them, to themselves. You got to remember your roots. You got to remember your character. You got to remember what you were taught, what you were learned. You got to think. You know, if we just think about some stuff, you know, we'll understand a lot of stuff don't make sense. A lot of stuff ain't real. All you got to do is stop and think for a few minutes. And young people, you know, they got to be willing to sit down. And then the other thing is listen. I think we're living in a time where, you know, this generation in particular, they really don't want to listen. They want to listen to what they want to listen to. <laughs> but you got to be willing to listen and filter out that, which is trash. I know I don't always use the right words, but much of it is trash. <laughs> you got to filter out the trash, and then you've got to keep that which is good. Mm -hmm. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Spence.